Hey guys, it's Stephanie Michelle and welcome back to a new episode of Finding the Funny. We took a little break there. It went a little bit longer than I intended. Life happens and Christmas, but we are back. So this week I am joined with Jeff Terman. Have a lot of fun talking jokes and just the general missing talking to comics on a regular basis. All right, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Here we go. I am Stephanie Michelle. This is Finding the Funny. I am here with Jeff Terman. Hi, everyone. I am Jeff Terman. <laughs> Yay. Okay. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing uh, trying to do comedy uh, when we can't be out and about? Uh, absolutely terribly, to be honest. Oh. <laughs> I like... Uh, I've tried to write a little bit, and it's been a real struggle without the stage. Uh, I, I didn't realize how, how much I was writing on stage, but, like, you know, fleshing out ideas through the audience. Okay, so then, okay, that's one of the questions I was going to ask you. What's your writing style? Like, how do you come about a joke? Yeah, so normally I, like, I'm no good at just, like, sitting down and writing, which I think is part of the struggle for me with, like, the whole lockdown situation. Because yeah. I usually take a partially formed idea and, like, uh, I'll start out by, like, writing it out. Like, I'll write a bit and do it kind of, like, almost word for word to begin with. And then how it goes on stage. And then I'll edit from there. Oh, but, okay. you know, take it to a mic or, like, a show that's, like, not, you know, I don't know. You know, like, I feel like at our point, you know, like, you kind of have shows that, you're like, I can fuck around on this one, mm-hmm. but on this other one, like, you're getting my, like, the best stuff. I'm going to take all my best stuff to this show. <laughs> I can see that. There's kind of levels. Yeah. No, definitely. And I know I'll tend to, like, I try to sneak in the new jokes, personally, <laughs> like, between good jokes. Yeah. Because you want to cushion them, right? I do. I'm like, <laughs> They're like I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to make you like me and then see where it goes from there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's smart. You have to sometimes. All right. So how long have you been doing comedy? It's been a little more than two years. Like, I'm not – it's sometimes it's funny, you know, because you talk to some comics and they know, like, their exact date, like their anniversary or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just – it's been about about two years, probably. I think it's been a little more than two years at this point. Now, but I don't know exactly what the date was or anything like that. Right. So what got you on stage the first time? Uh, The first time – I mean, I started doing mics and stuff. Um, it was just kind of like, uh, it was kind of one of those things where like I was trying to do a bunch of stuff that I had put off or uh, like procrastinated doing, like just life stuff. I like I was going through a divorce, and so I kind of just was like, well, I'm gonna go, and now I'm gonna start knocking out all of. Like I went on a big, big vacation by myself. I took myself camping out in the woods by myself a few times like i went skydiving uh you know i did a some like experimentation with hallucinogenics okay (laughs) i did a few things uh but stand-up was like one of the one of the last things where i was like i i i'd always been curious about it and um yeah so i decided to give it a go and um like i I did one of those taboo things. I like joined a stand-up class, <laughs> but uh, like my first show was the, at the end of that class. Okay. 
Okay. Um, but my, you know, I was miking throughout that time because it was like, I think it was like an eight week thing that we did. But um, oh my gosh! But throughout, throughout, I started miking then, and that's when I started going. Like to start with, I was super gung ho, and I was going like at least three nights a week. Okay. And that was kind of a lot for me. <laughs> that's about where I tried to keep it. I love that you're another comic that started comedy not necessarily on purpose, but because something happened in your life. Because I also started after a divorce. Nice. And it was not on my, like, radar before then, so I get it. Are there any yeah. other fields other than stand-up that you look at, like? As far as, like, entertainment stuff? Yeah, like improv writing, things like that. Seems like every I'm comic not... does, like, ten things. <laughs> This is my only thing. Like, okay. I don't, I don't do improv. I don't do like, I don't do a lot of writing. I've never like done sketches. You know, like I'm not saying I would never, but it's not been part of the thing. Like, it hasn't been uh, something that I felt like inspired to do. Got it. So, what was your? Uh, do you remember your first time on? So, wait, ah, I can word. Um, your first time on stage. It was through that class then. Uh, my first show was, and okay. then, but I mean, like, your first I, it mic. all depends on how you look at it. Yeah, my first mics were, like, out on my own. Okay. Um, in, like, the, you know, the wilderness of L.A. stand-up comedy. <laughs> so, okay, if you had to pick a place to say, that like, that's where my first mic took place, where would it be? It was at NoHo Fourth Wall. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, um. <laughs> And I felt, like, it's so weird, you know, because you feel so vulnerable those first few mics, like, you don't know what you're doing, and, um, like, legitimately, my first, my very first mic, there was, I, I, that I don't, I don't know who, I don't know who one of the people that was there was, maybe two, if I think about it really hard, but there was a girl on before me, and she's not one of the people who I, I know, and she goes, I hate that these, there's these people, go to mics here and then they're like they say that it's their first time for pity laughs or whatever and so I, of course I went on stage and I was like uh well I'm not looking for pity laughs but this is legitimately my first mic you know and uh yeah it kind of got the ball rolling but then it just didn't it didn't feel good you know one of those like it was a fourth wall was a weird space where like sometimes it was super cool and nice and like you could meet really cool people there and sometimes it was just like like the grinders and they were just like not interested really quiet not not super supportive like i i did meet some cool people there like so i don't want to make it sound like <laughs> whatever but that that night was just not warm and uh, and and to be fair i was probably terrible like i it was literally my first mic ever so i'm sure the material was trash but you know it was a little rough i didn't go back like it like i waited for probably two months before I went back there again because I was like, I don't want to go back until I know that I have something oh that will gosh. work. So, okay, that brings up an interesting point. Do you have a worse bomb? Oh. No, I, I don't think I do. Like, I don't have, like, a terrible bombing story, you know? Like, and just, like, quiet audiences. Like, we've all, we all do bar shows and things like that, like, Actually, like listening to some of my my recordings uh -huh. to send you stuff for this, like I yeah I listened back and I was like, man, like I can hear like the table chat 
uh, like some of these where she's like, <laughs> there were definitely a couple of shows that I was at where like, people in the audience didn't know they were going to be in the audience and stuff like that. And then, so they just kept right about their evening. They didn't care. They didn't care what we were doing. And you try to win them over and sometimes you get them and sometimes you don't, you know? Okay. So, sorry. Do you have a most memorable show? Um, yeah, Paul Antonio and I do, we're doing, uh, we were doing a, a show at, uh, the Lincoln house in Covina. And, um, one of the early shows we had a, like, we had a bunch of comics who were running late and we delayed the start of the show and, uh, people just weren't there. Like we delayed by probably 20, 30 minutes. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and, uh, when, once we started, we were still short comics. And uh, so we had to stretch and like a spot that was more than 10 minutes. And then I, I looked back at that recording later and I did like 18 minutes and I was like, holy shit, I didn't even know that I had enough material to stretch out that far. Uh, so that was like my favorite because uh-huh. I, I like surprised myself, you know? Oh, absolutely. Do you have a favorite joke of yours that you've written? Oh, Lord. That was the other thing about this is like I've been off stage for such a long time and then I started listening back to it and I'm like, oh man, like was I ever good at this? Like I don't I don't know if I <laughs> I don't know if I like anything that I have anymore, you know? I it's funny. But um a favorite joke of mine. I had one that I really loved that I used as a closer. Um and I did it at, <laughs> I did it at Flappers in Burbank. Okay. Um and that I got like chastised for it because it referenced it referenced abortion. It's not an abortion joke, but like it referenced abortion, but it was more like wordplay. Like, okay. uh, like it was just taken from a, a text message conversation. I had a friend. She was in like kind of a she was in kind of like an on again off again relationship, uh-huh. and she wound up pregnant. And so she's texting me this, and I changed like ne- literally next to nothing. For it to take this thing on stage but uh i told her she's like well, i don't know what to do what do you think and i told her you know have you tried a pros and cons list you know like maybe seeing something down on paper would help you make a decision and uh she was i hadn't thought of that you know i'll try it so the next day i texted her and i said i said well you know did you do the list how did it go and she goes i did i tried but it was really bad so i threw it away and I asked her, I said, the list or the baby? Oh. <laughs> and right, and it's, a, it's a joke, right? It's not an abortion, like, it's an abortion joke, but it's kind of just like a play on words. Like, obviously, I knew what she meant. Yeah. But it was just a, it was a funny, stupid thing to say, right? So, wait, you got chastised yeah. for it? Yeah, the guy was like, you know, abortion jokes are probably something that you might want to leave until you've had a little more seasoning. But then, flappers being flappers, of course, I got an email, like, a week later asking me to do shows in the Yoohoo room. So I was like, ah, I didn't, you know, like, I thought they were like mad at me and like, no, they just, they still want you to come and do their shows and bring people. Yeah. No, I have a, I have a, a love for flappers. I spent a lot of time there. <laughs> Burbank or Claremont? Actually, I started at Burbank or Claremont. Ugh. And then, um, I was seeing somebody who worked at the one in Burbank. And so I would make the long trek. Yeah. To go do a bunch of fourth walls and the flappers open mic, depending on when they were. Yeah. Um, and 
I'm still like missing it. I see, I get all their emails through their web auditions, and I just <laughs> haven't jumped on board yet. <laughs> so, but have you been doing any online shows? Ah, did I lose you? <laughs> it's hard. I don't like. I've done a couple, but they're so weird. Uh, like I don't. I don't know. You know, like <laughs> it was fun to have something to do, but I had a lot more fun doing. Like I did a, a handful of like the hazardous material shows with uh, with Paul and Alfred and the boys, you mm-hmm. know, Zeke and Zeke and Paul, and uh, I did a handful of those with them, and that was a lot of fun. And I had a lot more fun with that, where we were just like, all right, we're just gonna get together and record it and goof off, and it, it'll be fun. So like I've been having a lot more fun doing that and like recording like a random podcast with somebody here or there. Like that's been a lot of fun. But like the, I don't know, the Zoom shows are like, they're something, but they're not quite what I, like, it doesn't give me that feeling of like being, being on stage or in front of an audience. Like, it's not quite the same, you know? I think that was the best description that you just gave about a Zoom show is that there's something. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm very eloquent. (laughs) I, I, you know what? There's not a way to put that any better way. I've done them, and I'm the same thing. You get off, and you're like, "All right, I did a thing." <laughs> like, cool. Yeah. And so- it's just, it's so hard to tell. Like the the connection is so much harder to to come by. And I think that's what most of us like. That's what most of us crave. Like, maybe maybe not always. You know, like maybe like you have a joke that you're just really excited about sometimes that you want to try out. But most of the time, you just want to like connect with an audience and you know have them feel your feel your material a little bit. Of course. So, on that note, do you have a favorite venue that you like to perform at? Um, I mean, before all this happened, I really did love the the space that Paul and I had in Covina. It was just, like, such a cool room. It, mm-hmm. like, it looked like a comedy club, like, to the point of, like, they the stage that they had, they were set up for music. But, like, they had, like, a brick wall in the backdrop and, like, it looked like a comedy club. Okay. But it, it was not. I mean, uh, like we were, we were lucky. Like we just, uh, we happened to talk to them and they, they were interested in having a comedy night and we just started doing it. And they, it was a cool space. Like, uh, the momentum we had there was really cool. So hopefully when everything's over, maybe we can get back in there or whatever. But it was, uh, that was my, like my, one of my favorite places. I mean, I've done shows at the store, which is, yeah, it's super awesome for just to be in there yeah. and to be able to like get on those stages where like like so many legends have performed is is amazing. So I've been lucky enough to do shows in the belly room and in uh, the original room. I've never performed in the in the main room, but Same. the other two rooms I have. Yeah. So okay, do you get nerves before you get on stage ever? Uh yeah. Um it's weird, like, there's degrees, you know, like, depending on sometimes, like, if it's, like, a big audience mm-hmm. or if somebody's there, like, you know, like, the times that, like, you know, like, my mom didn't make me nervous, but just, like, sometimes, like, if a particular friend is there or something, like, somebody who hasn't seen me perform before, but I care about their opinion, <laughs> then I'll, I'll be a little nervous, or if I haven't performed in a while, I'll be nervous, but, like, I'm sure that whenever we get back started again, I'll, I'll have the jitters to get on stage because I just haven't done it in a while. But uh, after a while, like if I'm practiced, I feel good. Like I, I like it. 
you know, it's like, uh, it's like a rush as opposed to like a, a nervous thing. Got it. So are there any places you want to perform that you can't like, or that you just like hope to get on to someday? <laughs> I mean, I'd love to be able to do like all the big clubs. That'd be awesome. Mm -hmm. you know, I'd love to be able to do like the laugh factory and, and uh, the improv or, you know, any of the, any of those places. I'd love to be able to go to other places and perform. Like I've never really done anything outside of our little bubble. You know, like I've <laughs> done a couple of small shows that were like, like I've done some shows in the high desert. I've done some shows like down in Orange County or whatever, but nothing like, nothing like actually where you're going too far away from like your friends and your group around here, you know? Nothing, nothing on a plane is involved. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it'd be fun to, it'd be fun to do some road gigs someday, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, like, I'm just, I just like it, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do it here or there or anywhere. Are there uh, comics that you looked up to before starting comedy, like, so younger, like the specials that you watched? Yeah, I mean, uh, like, right before, um, I, I love Bill Burr was, like, my, my favorite comic right before I started doing stand-up. Um, I mean, that's kind of like a cliche answer at this point because he's such, like, a, a massive force. But uh, <laughs> growing up, like, I would watch, like, all the Chris Rock specials on HBO. I, I loved him. Mm. Um, but it, I, I like that kind of, like, ranty, that, like, ranty comic. Like, I think comes, like, me as a kid, I was very, like, shy, very nervous. And I almost felt like I wasn't allowed to ever be angry. So like playing with anger on stage just kind of delights me in a really weird way. And uh, so I, I dig it. I try to do it. I don't know if I've got it down, but I try to do that sometimes, like play with the rant, play with the anger, kind of like yell at the audience a little bit. I like that energy. Uh, but I mean, I you know, I like all kinds of comics, you know, like I used to listen to like a lot of, a lot of Mitch Hedberg. And I've got oh, he's my favorite. Yeah, I've got, like, zero absurdity in my comedy. I've got, like, no, I can't write one-liners for shit, so... Same. Like, he's my favorite. I can't do his style if my life depended on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, but it, it's just... It's fun to kind of, like, draw off of that and just, like, find in inspiration, but I can't do it. <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. Well, you brought up the ranty style, which I think is a good way to kind of talk about your jokes that you sent me. So, yeah. the first joke you sent me is titled, People I Hate. There we go. That's the diversity in my bloodstream. Uh, I don't know if we need to know this in this room, but uh, cocaine is not a free workout. So where did that joke come from? Uh, it just came from like I got irrationally angry uh, with a, a coworker. <laughs> uh, there was a 
there was just a guy at work and he came in like I work in a factory so the this guy was an engineer and he came into my workspace and he was wearing flip-flops and I found it super disrespectful and I like went off and my my supervisor at the time started laughing and he was like you have a point but you gotta you gotta calm the fuck down <laughs> and I was like well I could take this on stage and just like show people like that I understand this is ludicrous that it, it's absolutely outlandish for me to feel this strongly about this guy mm-hmm. but I do and I'm sure that there are other people who have the same kind of thing so it was just kind of fun to play like I said it's fun fun to play with the anger mm-hmm. to know that I'm being completely irrational but try to make it relatable definitely one of the things you say in that one that I thought was so funny is you're like because cocaine's not a pre-workout oh I forgot I included that part in there yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where that even like uh I don't even know where that came from but it was just like one of these guys that I I knew that was like overly peppy and I was just like <laughs> what is this guy and he was kind of a meathead so I was like I think, it was, I, I think it was even just like a passing comment to one of my coworkers where I was like, I think this guy's mixing in cocaine in his pre-workout. And it got a good laugh at work. And I was doing that for a long time when I started. was just like, if I could pepper in little, like if I had a little snippet, mm-hmm. a little line here and there, if I could pepper it into conversation at work and get a laugh, then I'd be like, write it down. I'm taking it on stage, you know? Got it. So you try to pull That's from your day-to-day? Totally. Because, I mean, you know, it, you can burn uh, you can burn those bridges pretty quickly if you're not careful. But <laughs> it's like a it's a captive audience that of like people who kind of you can just test drive your material there. Yeah, I can't test material at work. I'd probably get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yours is a little different. <laughs> I know. I had some of my students that found out I do comedy, and they're constantly like, "You should try a joke," and I was like, "Hi, well, not." Um... <laughs> <laughs> I would love. To. That's so funny. I would love to see your material in front. How, what, what grade do you teach? Eighth. Oh, my God. Yes, I would love to see your material in, in front of a bunch of 13-year-olds. Well, so, like, I'm naturally a goof, so they see me be an idiot all the time. Like, yeah. I had a student, like, the best compliment I ever got was for teaching and, like, semi-comedy. Because I had a student say, you know you say stupid jokes all the time? And I went, oh? And he went, yeah, I started paying attention to hear the jokes, and I started getting better tests on the grades. And I was like... Oh my god! I will take it. Like nice. <laughs> it's like it was a semi-comedy I mean, I that, compliment. I think that's one of my favorite things about like, because I saw you on stage before I ever spoke to you. Okay. And then I, I was like, like you kind of have like, like a little bit of like a bubbly personality. You have like your voice is very like energetic. Like you're yeah. kind of high pitched and whatever, and you sound like super friendly. Like you sound like. You sound like a teacher in a way, like now that I'm thinking about it, right? But <laughs> then like the material comes out and like it's a little snarky, it's a little dark, and then like one, that's not what I expected, but two, I dig it. You know, like oh, <laughs> I you. like that it's unexpected, like it's it's like this left turn just <laughs> because you're you're who you are, but you're saying these things that don't seem like they fit with your personality. Yeah. And I dig it. Thank you. I think if you, like, yeah. when people get to know me, they're like, oh, no, that's just you on stage. I was like, I'm way sarcastic, but also bubbly, and you just deal with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think after having a few conversations with you, I was like, oh, okay, like, this fits. But <laughs> not knowing you at first and seeing it through the eyes of an audience, I was like, oh, okay. You know, like, I'll roll with this. Like, but it's not what I thought it was going to be. Oh, thank you. Yeah, totally. 
So you have another joke that you sent, and it, you titled it, Fuck My Ex-Wife? I want to tell you guys a story. There was a thing that happened recently. My wife said something to me. It was, it was incredibly sweet. What she said to me was, Jeff, I want you to know one thing. I will kill you before I divorce you. Which I guess makes her a liar and a cheater. Uh, what I'm saying to you guys is, fuck my ex-wife. Uh, which I feel like I'm allowed to say at this point because of these three dudes did while I was married to her. <laughs> that made me laugh. Personal experience. Um, I'm guessing also real life. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, most of the stuff, I, like that's kind of my writing process most of the time. Most of my material comes from like real life, and then it's either like embellished or drawn up a little bit just for just for flavor. But um, yeah, um, that that joke I like because when I, I like to open with that joke. Mm -hmm. because it it creates like an awkward energy in the room so i go out there and when i'm saying it like it it puts an audience kind of on edge but it also makes like it, it also kind of grabs attention yeah because when i started it's just it's such an awkward thing to start with it makes you they're, relatable they're with a lot of the audience i think i think so too um and then it's, it gives me a chance to delve into the, the rant thing, too. I don't know if the, the clip I sent you has, like, an audience member going, like, oh, Like, sometimes I say, like, <laughs> I, like when I get to the punchline of that joke, oh. there will be someone in the back that goes, oh, And then I'm like, <laughs> and then I, get, I, yeah, I like to pepper it in. I'll yell at them, like, you don't get to do that. You know, like, it, it's fun because then I can kind of just, like, get out the ramp thing, get on there. Like, yeah, I, I've, I had, I had like the most fun I have young at audiences God. because so, it just feels so ridiculous to me. Oh yeah. So uh, crowd work for you <laughs> then is a huge part of it then I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't think of it that way, but it is a little bit of crowd work because the joke does change depending on how, how the audience reacts to it. But, um, like I don't consider myself like a crowd work guy. Like I don't, I don't really usually ask a lot of questions of an audience unless I feel super super comfortable and I know that I have a lot. It's not like a it's not a tool in my tool bag that I feel super comfortable with at this point. But I tend to stick to my material and then kind of just tweak it as I go. Which I I don't know. Maybe that's like a version of kind of crowd work, but mm. I don't really consider it crowd work. Got it. And the last joke you sent is uh, just labeled tacos. I've got a new girlfriend. She's here tonight. Give her a hand. She's great, guys. Uh, if you can't tell from the lighting in here, I'm a white man. She's a Mexican girl. Uh, if you're not into the interracial thing, I strongly suggest it. It's uh, definitely worth it. Oh, 
Jeff, I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> so glad that my daughter's dating such a wonderful, handsome, kind, funny, <laughs> handsome young man. Have some tacos. <laughs> I might have messed up the translation a little bit, guys. I'm pretty sure that tacos is the same in English and in Spanish, but the rest is direct from Google Translate. <laughs> That one's fun. Like, uh, I usually actually have been on my more recent stuff, like, uh, like taking that joke and rolling it into, like, right after Fuck My Ex Wife, <laughs> going to this <laughs> joke. Because uh, it, it kind of, like, ties a happy face on it, you know, because I have a, I go into, like, my new, like, I have a new relationship now, and, uh, it's it's fun to play with that energy as well because it's a little awkward to talk about being in a, in an uh, interracial relationship, and uh, I like playing with like a lot of the audiences that I've performed in front of. Like, uh, surprise, we live in Southern California, so there's a lot of Hispanic people in the audience. Yeah. So it's kind of fun to play with, like as a as a white guy to to say something in Spanish and to have the audience know that I know what I'm saying, but then to just like just totally trash the translation like the translation is nonsense it makes absolutely no sense compared to what i say which is why like i drag it out as long as i like if an audience is laughing i've made that translation go like 10 words long oh my gosh just because it's just because it's funny to drag it out if they're if they're rolling with it i'll drag it out as long as i can to just continue saying like really nice things about myself <laughs> There was actually in that one, I do remember somebody being like agreeing with you when you said that a Hispanic girlfriend is the best cook. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. You know, like a lot of times you'll get that reaction out of surprise Hispanic women. <laughs> That's what we do. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things. So it's so fun. And then, like, like, it's part of the culture of being from Los Angeles, too. Like, everybody's known you know like a mexican mom or yeah or whatever which is like the case you know like my my mother-in-law is mexican mexican like <laughs> she will cook for the whole neighborhood if you let her you know um <laughs> and uh like she's just the sweetest but she also doesn't like she and i have to like speak our own version of spanglish when we we're communicating because like she doesn't speak a ton of english and i don't speak a ton of spanish so we kind of like bridge the gap when uh when <laughs> when my my wife or sister-in-law are not around to to help out like Got it. but it's a uh, yeah it's just kind of fun it's fun to play with that it's fun to kind of like connect with the audience who also can usually relate on some level or another either mm -hmm. they're hispanic themselves or they've had that experience being like an an outsider or whatever <laughs> i just i love the fact that you uh are more comfortable speaking spanish on stage than i am um <laughs> just wanted to point that out it made me laugh i was like no i feel bad about being mexican and not speaking spanish i mean i practiced for a long time i took it in school and then you know it's like one of like i actually like uh when i was like first started flirting with uh the woman who is now my wife mm -hmm. <laughs> like part of that came from just like like talking to her in Spanish and kind of like trying to connect with her on that level a little bit. Like I'm definitely not great at it, but I can, I can get by, you know, I, I can, as long as people don't ask me to 
talk about the future or the past too much, I can do okay. <laughs> but if I have to change my verbs into past tense, forget about it. It's rough. See, I took sign language because you can't go into a Spanish class looking like me and uh, not everybody <laughs> assume that they can cheat off of you. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I took it in high school, and then I took a couple of courses in college, and then I like I I worked my whole way through college, so like there was always like like when even in my retail jobs, like I would have a friend who spoke Spanish at work, so I would try to practice with them just because I don't know I thought it was fun to try to try to just like hone a skill or whatever and like connect with somebody on another level. No, I love it. So. Looking back at the shows and at your time in comedy, what are the things that have probably given you like the biggest like laughs? I don't know. I'm just curious. I always like finding out oh, what makes man. comics laugh. <laughs> oh, like like biggest laughs from not like from an audience. From no, me. for you. What makes you laugh? Oh man, <laughs> um, <laughs> definitely like I I will always laugh like especially at a show if something gets like if things get awkward not like not tense but just awkward like i like it when audiences are a little uncomfortable i like it when a comic thinks something is going to hit and it doesn't and then they have to make the adjustment like i delight in it when they do make the adjustment because i love seeing i love seeing us succeed you know but like that tense moment mm -hmm. like just the tension where it's like it's hinging like they could pull this out or they could fall on their face. I love that moment so much. Like, and whether it goes right or wrong, yeah. it always makes me laugh. Okay. Like those, la those laughs make me laugh the hardest. And I think it's just that nerve, like that's my nervous energy, you know? It's like, <laughs> oh shit, like, they are walking a tightrope here. And that always makes me laugh really, really hard. <laughs> Get <in> the headphones. <laughs> You're just throwing stuff now. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I get and see you're like tense moments I'll make one yep it's fine yep. <laughs> so have you had any newer comics come and ask for advice when they see you on stage oh man once or twice um not a lot but I definitely don't like which I'm happy with I think yeah. you know like I don't feel like I know enough you know like I I feel like I'm still so new as well, but I mean, before everything started shutting down, there was like mics popping up all over the place and new people starting all the time. So even just like being a couple, you know, like I think I was like, I, I don't know, you know, like yeah. lockdown has messed up, messed up my timeline. I'm not sure where I was when, when it started, but even just being in for a year and some change or whatever before this all started like some people were looking at that like I was like a, a seasoned vet or something but <laughs> you know to some of our friends they've been doing it for like nine years ten years whatever you know like mm -hmm. uh, like I, I think I, I listened to the episode you did with Carlos and like oh yeah I'm always surprised how long he's been doing comedy you know mm-hmm and like some of these guys have just been at it for a, a long while you know and and so like I don't know it's cool when they ask because then you feel like, oh, I'm doing something right if this guy feels like I'm good enough that that I look like I've been doing it for a while. But you also just like, I don't know, you have like that feeling of inadequacy that I think <laughs> drives some of us to get on stage in the first place. Yeah, I think that's a huge part of comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
if you had like just a go-to piece of advice for somebody who wanted to start stand up, what would you tell them? Oh, like just, I mean, when I think back on myself, I like, like, I just wish I tried, you know, like I wish I had tried before. I wish I hadn't been talked out of it. And I think like, that's what I would tell people is like, don't, don't let anybody talk you out of it. Uh, like if you want to do it, then do it, try it. Like whether that means like just trying stand up on its own or whether it means like you wrote a joke that you're nervous about, like be nervous, you mm -hmm. know, like that's, that's good. You know, like, uh, and a lot of times that's where the best stuff comes from is the stuff that makes you nervous. Cause then you're like, then you're pushing your own, your own limits. You're pushing your, you're pushing the envelope a little bit and you'll see what you're made of, you know, um, mm -hmm. that and just like, don't be a dick. You know, like if, if people are chatting with you, like, you know, stick around, be part of the community. You know, like if you like somebody's jokes, fucking laugh. Like don't try to be cool in an open mic. Like if somebody says something funny, laugh at it. Like yeah. we're all up there like sweating and dying for that stuff. Like just give it up. You know, like you're, you're not winning any cool points at open mics. So just like <laughs> if somebody says something funny, look up from your notebook and laugh. Like it, that's what we're all there for. Like you're not, you know, you're not impressing anybody by being so cool. You don't laugh at an open mic. Nobody laughs at an open mic. <laughs> oh yeah. That sums up like all of my experiences at fourth wall. Um, <laughs> so, oh, <yeah. laughs> um, where <laughs> your, your, your kill me. <laughs> I'm happy that my snarkiness works even over zoom sometimes. <laughs> back in your head any further if you were dead <laughs> i know i yeah it's i i have to work on silencing my facial voice because it doesn't silence no matter how much i want it to it's, like, it's probably good my boyfriend knows exactly how i'm feeling before i'm even aware of how i'm feeling so that's been great <laughs> <laughs> he's got a superpower yeah <laughs> um all right. I guess we're kind of down to our last question. What is your end game in comedy? Where do you want to see this take you? It's weird. I, I've been thinking about this more, you know, cause, because that, I mean, I don't know, you know, like I contemplate, I overthink. So we've been in lockdown for like almost a year mm -hmm. and like you start to wonder if comedy's even like, are live venues coming back? Like what, are, how's this going to look when it does? I don't know. But, um, like, uh, I think for me, it's just about creating. So like, I think I just want to do stuff like, and <laughs> if it ever becomes anything, then great. You know, like I would love to make a living off of comedy. I would love to be able to tour or, you know, like, even just like get a job in a writer's room or something like that, like something where I could just make jokes and that would pay the bills. But if it never happens for me, like that's cool too. Like I'm, it, it's not going to stop me from wanting to, to write. It's not going to stop me from wanting to perform. It's not going to stop me from, you know, just like wanting to be a comedian. So like, I, I think I've started to kind of like let go of some of that, like, uh, like the, the dreams of like making it or whatever, whatever that's supposed to mean. And now yeah. like, to, like when I think about it, I just want to, I just want to make people laugh. Like, and if it pays, pays the bills one day, 
that would be a dream come true. And if it never does, you know what, that's cool too. Like it's not going to stop me from keeping doing what I do. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for talking with me. I can't wait to be able to see you do stand up on a stage again and not over a screen. <laughs> uh, me too. Thanks for having me, Steph. Of course. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, guys. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Jeff German. It was a lot of fun to have. I've been missing conversations with comics and reason I started the podcast in the first place. There's only a couple more episodes left of season two, and I hope that you guys enjoy as we finish off this season. Super excited. I have big plans for season three, and I can't wait to show you guys more about them. But as always, I want to say thanks to Jeff for sitting with me. Also, I want to make sure to say thanks to Dave the Prophet for providing the music. His beats were provided by Curtis King. As always, I'm Stephanie Michelle. This has been Finding the Funny, and I hope you enjoyed. I told my mama on the phone, it ain't no check to check. No more Honda Civics, baby, time to whip that back. Lyrics, beats, in the hooks, I'm a triple threat. Glow up on my Jesus peace, now I'm living blessed. Looney then, BYU, you know we down to ride. Try to kill me with this mic, suicide. Since I got on man, all I hear is fucking lies. More money, more problems, fucking certified. Doja Cat, throw it back, baby blowing back, blowing up on Super Saiyan, but I'm fucking holding back. Never stop until I put my fucking city on the map. 3 a.m. on Ocean Air, put the pedal to the max. Fresh Prince, I'm a Nikon living. Y'all can at me with that bullshit, but I won't listen. Look, I might fuck your bum, be see your boy Big Pimpin'. On Apollo 13, baby, what's your mission? Not tense, but just awkward. Like, I like it when audiences are a little uncomfortable. I like it when a comic thinks something is going to hit and it doesn't, and then they have to make the adjustment. Like, I delight in it when they do make the adjustment because I love seeing... I love seeing us succeed, you know, but like that tense moment mm-hmm. with just the tension where it's like, it's hinging, like they could pull this out or they could fall on their face. I love that moment so much. Like, and whether it goes right or wrong, yeah. it always makes me laugh.